You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hopefully your week is going great so far. Today, I want to focus mostly on the draft. I want to talk about Big Board 3.0. I just started 3.0 on Monday's show with number one. I want to talk about number two and three on the board. Today's show, I had a little bit of a shift. Um, I I think it was really more of a uh, of a swapping of two and three the last time around. Um, so I want to talk about who is two and three on my board now on the show today. And that'll be the primary focus of, of the show. I want to spend a little bit more time on number two and why I, I have him at two on my board, why I think he could be a really exciting fit with the Timberwolves off the top. Of course, a quick reminder to please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you prefer to get your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at locked on T wolves. That's at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. And also, before we jump into the big board, I did want to say I I, I, I missed this. This is just a swing and a miss by me on Monday, um, mentioning the passing of Sid Hartman, of course, the longtime journalist in the Twin Cities who um, was 100 years old, passed away on Sunday afternoon, and was instrumental in bringing the Lakers to Minneapolis, also bringing the Twins in Major League Baseball to Minnesota uh, back, you know, more than well over half a century ago. And, um, he lived a a long life, did a lot of, a lot of writing for the star tribune. Basketball was kind of his, his thing. He was in the front office uh, for the Minneapolis Lakers at the time and was present of course, for all sports in the twin cities and did some radio work and all that. So rest in peace to Sid and thoughts and prayers, of course, to his family, the whole Hartman family and and everybody that knew him. Um, There's been a lot of great things that Ryan Saunders put out a statement. The Timberwolves put out a statement. Um, Obviously all the, all the sports in the Twin Cities did that. All the teams did. So, um, so thoughts and prayers with that family and, and um, uh, you know, a a life well lived by Sid Hartman. All right, let's talk big board 3.0. We talked about number one on 3.0 on Monday's show. And number one, of course, is the mellow ball. I do think he is the best fit for the Timberwolves, or I should say the best player in this draft combined with fit. That makes him number one on my board. Number two, this is a bit of a shift from last time around. Number two on my board is Killian Hayes. And I initially had him number one way back in early summer. He went down to three. Now I've got him at two and I'll explain why here in a moment. I do have Anthony Edwards number three on my board. We've talked a little bit more about Edwards recently because of all the steam regarding it. I mean, it'll either be likely is what people think Edwards or ball to the Timberwolves at number one. So I'll spend a little less time on Edwards today, but let's start with Killian Hayes. Talk about his profile as a prospect and the reasons why upon further review, I do still have him at number two. I had him rise back up to number two on my board. So first and foremost, let's get this out of the way. There is definitely a comparison to be made between D'Angelo Russell, the current Timberwolves point guard and Killian Hayes the guard um, currently playing in France, the French guard who played for Ulm most recently. Hayes is left-handed, so that's that's a, a clear comparison or a clear uh, point of similarity between Russell and Hayes. He can play both the one and the two. He is big for a guard, very similar size to Russell. They both have some athletic limitations. They both favor using their left hand quite a bit. They're both uh, D'Angelo Russell was a good, not great shooter at Ohio State. Killian Hayes is a good, not great shooter currently as a professional in Europe. They both have some defensive issues. They have, as mentioned, some athletic limitations. 
And so it's a really easy thing to just compare the two. And and I'm not going to run away from that. There are definite comparisons. However, I do think Hayes has a bit more upside in some areas than, than people are giving him credit for, and also will be better in some areas, I think, from day one than D'Angelo Russell is now. So uh, I, so let's start with with what he does best, what everybody agrees on. He has some great, great court vision. He's a fantastic playmaker. He would likely function as a secondary playmaker on the Wolves next to D'Angelo Russell. I would imagine Russell would run the offense and Hayes would be more off the ball. Now, Hayes is a solid shooter, but he is better off the dribble than he is in catch-and-shoot situations, whereas Russell shot the ball a little bit better on catch-and-shoot than he did off the dribble this year, at least from three. Um, So you may see Hayes start to run the offense a bit more as the season goes on if the two are on the same team. Obviously, being a rookie, I think they'd give the keys to D'Angelo Russell and let Hayes work off the ball a little bit more. But notably, Hayes is is better off the dribble. He's got a really great step back move and um, his form is solid. He, he shoots the ball maybe a little bit low, but it's, it's repeatable. He always has the same shot motion. He is a solid three point shooter improved over the course of the season. He's a great free throw shooter, which usually is a good indication that there's a lot more upside there in terms of shooting ability and that his shot from the floor will, will keep getting better. And it did this year. Um, I'll get into those numbers here in just a minute on his improvement over the course of this past season. He, um, he's big, he's pretty strong. Um, he appears to be strong, able to fight through contact and, uh, whether that be in the paint or even he's a little better at this point than D'Angelo Russell, um, for instance, at getting around screens and fighting through contact defensively when he's on the ball. Um, I actually think he, he's a good defender one-on-one. Um, there's been some questions about that. There's certainly concerns about his athletic limitations, but if you watch him guard one-on-one, he's actually pretty good. And certainly Certainly there are athletic limitations and I'm not, I'm not going to ignore that completely, but it looks like he can hold his own certainly on twos at the NBA level and, you know, probably guard, you know, certainly ones, most ones and, uh, and maybe some threes as well. And if you watch him one on one on one and on any of the, uh, the games available online or any of the highlights, even of him playing defensively, he is a, a solid on ball defender. His biggest issue has actually been off the ball and just kind of getting lost in the wash and getting distracted or watching the ball too much and letting guys back cut on him. Some of the same issues D'Angelo Russell has, but I think on the ball, he's actually going to be a better defender from day one than D'Angelo Russell is now based on his, on, on what he's shown so far as a professional overseas. And if the wolves are going to take him, they've got to believe that he's going to at least hold his own defensively because of the same issues that Russell has. Russell doesn't fight through screens. Well, he can get lost off the ball though. He's a little bit more aware off the ball and and he's a smart player and, and he's long and he's big. Same with Hayes. So I do think that these guys could work together defensively. If Hayes can take the tougher of the two assignments in the backcourt and be effective guarding them one-on-one and be and learn to be an effective team defender they can kind of cover for each other in the backcourt. So I think that could work. Back to the thing that he's best at, and that's his playmaking ability. It's not quite LaMelo Ball level, and I do think LaMelo Ball's head and shoulders above everyone in terms of his playmaking ability in this draft, and, and it's already basically an elite all-star level NBA skill. Killian Hayes isn't, I mean, I mean, he he certainly is the best of the next tier of playmakers, in my opinion, in this draft. I think he's better than many of the pure point guards, the smaller guys, the quicker point guards who are going to get picked likely late lottery, mid-teens, early 20s. Um, I think that Hayes sees things before they happen a, a vast majority of the time. He's big and that helps him complete some passes. In fact, if you watch any of the uh, the scouting report videos that have, that tons of people put together on YouTube, a lot of the passes that Killian Hayes makes that end up being bad passes that end up being turnovers. 
Many of those are the proper read. The timing is just a little bit off or the pass just isn't quite good enough. Um, and, and it's usually his fault. It's usually not the his teammate's fault that the pass is getting picked off or tipped. But a lot of times it's the proper read. The timing is just a little off or the pass is just simply not there. And that happens sometimes. The more important thing is that Hayes is making the proper reads and he's delivering the ball to the correct option, the correct uh, teammate in certain situations on the floor where they can be successful. And that's the most important thing. Suggests he can play the point guard position at the NBA level. And similar to LaMelo Ball in that he can really, he passes with both hands. LaMelo Ball is really almost ambidextrous in terms of his one-handed passing ability. Killian Hayes obviously favors his left hand quite a bit, but his left-handed, you know, one-handed kind of whip passes, um, whether it's headbanding passes in transition or, um, or in the half court on pick and roll plays or finding a, a player on, you know, a skip pass to the opposite side of the court. Killian Hayes is a really good passer and, and that's an accurate and an effective pass for him. I think there is some concern about him getting sloppy with that at the NBA level with better athletes and defenders and longer defenders who can intercept those passes, but it appears to be something that can be, that can transition to the NBA uh, pretty, pretty seamlessly um, again, because of his, his ability to see these things before they happen and also just his, his passing when it, his talent, when it comes to passing. What I want to do next is talk through how he improved over the course of the year and what I think he could bring in terms of shooting and how he could function off the ball if D'Angelo Russell's running the show in Minnesota this year and why I think the Wolves should still find a way to to get him on the roster um, headed into next year, even if they don't take him number one. Before we do that, let's talk about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody. It does not require a membership or account login. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Let's also talk about our friends at Built Go. We've talked an awful lot about Built Bar here. Built Bar also has a new product called Built Go. It is the best workout gel on the market. Every single day is jam-packed. If it is for you like it is for me, um, you, you barely have a minute to have a delicious, healthy snack that's going to keep you going. You're probably slamming a you know a, an energy drink or a five-hour energy or something that doesn't quite do what you need it to do. For me, when I'm podcasting, I'm writing, I have a day job, I have kids, I have, you know, a family and all that that I'm that I'm doing throughout the course of the day. The best thing I can do is put a built go in my pocket to help me get through the day. It's a one and a half ounce package. And whether it's a mental or a physical wall that you're trying to break through, you can break through it with built go every single day. It's like five hour energy without the same crash feeling and it's natural. So it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third, the caffeine and better results comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. It combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing. So it gets into your system fast and it's easy on the stomach. It's loaded with all other kinds of good stuff. Beta alanine, vitamin B3, honey, a kick of caffeine, 
10,000% of your daily percentage of both vitamin B6 and vitamin B12. Visit BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Killian Hayes. So again, I think his offensive game matches D'Angelo Russell's well enough. I think there's enough... Uh, there's enough there defensively for for this to work to some extent. I don't think it'll be an absolute disaster defensively. For instance, I like Obi Toppin a great deal. We'll talk about him soon. He's still in my top. Um, he's easily in my top 10 kind of, well, I don't want to give away exactly where he is, but he's, I like him as a prospect and I like the idea of him on the Wolves. However, I admit that adding Obi Toppin to the Timberwolves would make the defense almost irreparably bad, regardless of who the other two players on the floor are. Killian Hayes, I think, will be good enough defensively that the Wolves can make it work. In terms of his offensive skill this past year, so Killian Hayes split the year basically over the past calendar year. He played in um, in a French league, and then he went over and played in the Euro Cup in Europe. And in his 33 games in the French league, he his numbers were not all that exciting. He shot 19% on three-pointers, only averaged seven points per game. He played less than 20 minutes a game and overall shot only 43% from the field. But in his 10 games with Ulm, he continued to improve and was really, really impressive. Hayes had at least one three-pointer made in nine of the 10 games that he played in. Overall, for the season, for that 10-game season, he shot 39% from three. He was also a 91% free-throw shooter. For his past, this past calendar year between the two leagues that he played in, Hayes shot um, overall in free throws. He was 61 of 72. So that's that's nearly 90% between the two leagues together. He averaged almost 13 points a game, over six assists per game. And um, from the floor shot 45.5%. And and really just kind of showed incremental improvement over the course of the, the 43 games played between the two different leagues. And showed that, I mean, remember, he's not even 19 years old yet and showed that improving as a professional, professional coach and the ability to play with pro players, those things matter. And he, he cemented himself as a lottery pick, a high lottery pick in this draft. The, the shot itself is a source of some contention, I think for some evaluators, because I think some people think that if he's an average shooter, his game doesn't really play. The improvement in his shooting, plus his form, plus his free throw shooting, and his touch in the paint. I didn't talk about this earlier, but when he does go to the basket, he's got a great in-between game. He's got a solid mid-range jumper and a really good floater game, and he's crafty as well, which are all things that people would say about D'Angelo Russell. He's not finishing athletically through people. He's strong and holds his own in the paint when he takes contact, but he isn't going to bowl people over. He doesn't have a super fast first step, but when he does get past people into the, into the middle of, of the paint area around the paint, kind of in that 10 to 15 foot range away from the rim, he can make floaters at a high clip. He can dish to teammates, very D'Angelo Russell esque in that area. Remember Russell wasn't thought of as an outstanding shooter coming out of Ohio state either. And he has become an above average shooter. He's not a knockdown you know, he's not a sharpshooter. D'Angelo Russell's not, he's a volume shooter, but he has become an above average, you know, 37 ish percent from three shooter with pretty much limitless range and the ability to pull the trigger whenever. And Killian Hayes has basically that same shot profile in my mind. And again, his shooting, his release is just a little bit low, but with his size and it's a fairly quick release, uh, 
the release itself is fairly quick. I don't think Hayes will have issues getting a shot off at the NBA level. And I do think as a, you know, 85% free throw shooter for his career professionally, he's going to continue to prove from outside the improve from outside the arc. It's different than say Ricky Rubu, who I know Timberwolves fans hung their hat on the fact that he was a great free throw shooter. And so he would eventually become a good shooter from the floor. And he has improved over the course of his career, but his jump shot never looked all that natural. Um, at, at any point, was it like, oh, that's perfect shot for him. It was always just a little bit, you know, he was tweaking it. It was shooting set shots. He was taking forever. His, his, um, his actual release was painfully slow and, all those things kind of combined with a lack of confidence to make Rubio never become the type of shooter that would make him a superstar. Killian Hayes is already a better shooter than Rubio was coming into the NBA, has a better form, better mechanics. And I think there's, and so for those reasons, I think the free throw percentage gives me some, some comfort thinking that he's going to continue to improve from the floor. So I do think Killian Hayes will be a very good NBA player. And I think he will hold his own as a shooter and as a defender on the ball, especially even in his rookie season. Now the Timberwolves are unlikely to take him number one, simply because of Gerson Rosas's value centered mindset. And I've talked about that. It's been a while, I guess, since I've talked about that on the show, but Rosas isn't just going to take the player he thinks is the best player if he thinks he's the only one that thinks that he's going to try and slide backwards and pick up value. Now it does sound like they're having some issues with people, you know, other teams not valuing the number one pick as highly. If that's the case, I think that Rosas will stand pat and take the player who he thinks is best. If that's the mellow ball, he'll take Lamelo ball. If he thinks Killian Hayes is going to be better than ball, obviously he'll take Hayes, but his number one, you know, best case scenario would be to trade back and take the player that he thinks has the most value where he gets him. If he can trade back to four and get Killian Hayes at four, then he's going to do that. If he's going to trade back to seven and get, you know, a player we haven't, you know, Obi Toppin or somebody we haven't talked about yet, then he'll do that. If those players are in a similar spot on his board, if they're in the same tier, if there's not a big gap between the two players. If you have a, you know, it's the same thing as a, as an NFL team who has a third round grade on a player if they take him in the fifth round or, you know, if he's there on the fifth round, perhaps they'll even trade up to take him because they still think he's worth more than, um, you know, than standing pat and picking a guy that they had a fifth round grade on, even if they didn't take him in the third. Um, so it's the same concept, obviously a little bit more condensed and, and compressed in the top 10 of the NBA draft. But if the Wolves can slide backwards, pick up an asset and get a guy that they really like, Hayes would be a target. He could go as high as the top three. I think it's more likely he goes somewhere in the four to eight range. Uh, but if the Wolves can somehow trade back and pick up Killian Hayes, that would be the best case scenario realistically on draft night. I don't think they're trading for Ben Simmons on draft night. I don't think they're getting Devin Booker on draft night. So realistically, I think their best case scenario is to slide backwards and take a guy like Killian Hayes, who is probably uh, you know, a, a top five talent and you're certainly in my mind in this draft. And if you can get another asset, will you do that? Then that's, that's a slam dunk. Then that's what you need to do. Um, so that's my take on Hayes and why I think he is number, why I have him number two on my board. And I think the wolves should target him in this year's draft. Next, let's talk about number three on my big board. All right. Number three on big board 3.0. Number one, of course, LaMelo ball. Number two, we just talked about killing Hayes. Number three is Anthony Edwards talked about him quite a bit recently. I'll go back a little bit more through why I have him where I do and, and not any higher. Uh, the, the efficiency concerns are real for me. I, I do think that as a, as a prospect, you have to have shown some shot making ability, you know, uh, at least average shot making ability. Now, almost half of his shot selection 
in terms of distribution is an awful, almost half of his three point or excuse me, almost half of his shot attempts at Georgia were three pointers and his free throw rate was a 0.339, meaning that for every, essentially one out of every three shot attempts he took from the field, he was getting a free throw attempt. Um, but most of the rest of his shots were from the mid range. He wasn't really getting to the rim consistently and scoring in the paint. And that meant that his, his overall shot, his overall field goal percentage was suppressed. He only shot 40.8% from the field, 29.1% on three point attempts. I understand the argument, as I just made with Killian Hayes, that your game gets elevated when you play with better teammates and you have professional coaching, et cetera. But what Edwards should have been doing is taking over games, getting into the paint. And if he was going to shoot the ball a ton, he either needed to make more of the threes that he was taking or shoot the ball more at the rim, bully people in the paint, use his strength, use his athleticism, his size to be effective as a division one college basketball player, ready to go to the NBA. He didn't do those things. He settled for threes. He shot a lot in the mid range and was only somewhat effective. He made some tough shots, but everybody's going to make tough shots if you choose to take those tough shots. And when you have a lack of talent around you, people are going to pat you on the back and say, you got to do what you got to do, you know, good effort out there. And Edwards didn't always even show great effort. He mostly was just interested in taking tough shots. And I think defensively he was often distracted and not getting into a stance. A lot of times, um, not being active defensively. And that's kind of well-documented. I don't want to dwell on that too much. Those are also things that plugged Andrew Wiggins a little bit and, and Wiggins, you know, he, he was mostly engaged defensively, but occasionally it was just, it was just, Wiggins simply wouldn't fully commit to getting down into a defensive stance, being a lockdown guy. When he wanted to, he's very good defensively. He still is. Anthony Edwards has some of those same issues. Now, on the plus side for him, he is extremely strong. He's big. He's athletic. He can make those tough shots. His mechanics are good on his shot. And because he's athletic and he's he's balanced on his shot, he made it was almost an 80% free throw shooter. All those things indicate that he should continue to improve from the field. But there's concern with a college season, you know, leading a team that went 16 and 16 and was at the, towards the bottom of the conference. And he didn't show much improvement throughout the season. And in some, some ways regressed defensively, or at least in terms of his attentiveness on both ends of the floor, his awareness. Um, and those things are, are pretty big red flags for me for the number one pick in the draft. I mean, Killian Hayes is the same, basically the same size. They're basically the same age. Edwards is way more athletic and he's, he's even stronger than Killian Hayes is. And I get that. But Hayes did some of those other things that Edwards doesn't do. When you look at shot, uh, excuse me, rebounding rate and assist rate, um, some of those extra things, steal rate that show awareness, that show engagement in the game, that show uh, a know-how. And Hayes did those things and Edwards didn't. And, And that for me is why Hayes gets the edge. Now, Edwards is still three. I know I just spent several minutes talking about why I don't like Edwards as a prospect. He's still three because the same reason Andrew Wiggins went number one. If he figures out, you know, any combination of some of those things, he's going to be a star because of his athletic ability, his size, his, um, you know, the, all the things that he can do on the floor, the ceiling is really, you know, it's an all-star level ceiling. The problem is that the floor is something like Andrew Wiggins, where you're kind of a solid starter caliber player. Teams are always going to be chasing that ceiling and he might get paid. He might get paid like Andrew Wiggins did, but Andrew Wiggins isn't a star. I don't think very many people would say Andrew Wiggins is a star. That's probably the floor for Anthony Edwards. It may even be a little bit lower because, um, you know, some of those things Wiggins did at Kansas. I mean, Wiggins was actually a little bit of a better prospect at Kansas 
than Edwards, in my opinion, has been at Georgia. So um, I just don't love him at number one in this draft. Again, if he somehow fell and the Wolves traded back and he was on the board at three or four, say somebody takes Killian Hayes and the Wolves trade back to four and Edwards is there, it, you know, you, you got to, you got to, you got to take a chance on that upside at some point. I just wouldn't do it at number one. I think you need something more of a sure thing at number one. I think LaMelo Ball's awareness, his elite level passing and, and court vision, that makes him a number one worthy pick. Killian Hayes has a lot of the things that you would want to see. His floor is very high, and he's also got a decently high ceiling too. Whether that's all-star or not, I'm not sure, but the combination of floor and ceiling to me for Killian Hayes is far more attractive than you know, the wide range of possibilities that we get with Anthony Edwards in terms of his, you know, could he be an all-star? Yeah, but it's probably more likely that he is an Andrew Wiggins type borderline starter who ends up getting paid on his potential throughout his career. And that's why I have Edwards third on my board. Again, still a solid prospect, but not a player that I'd be excited about the Timberwolves taking at number one in this year's draft. All right, that's all we have for you today on the show. As a reminder, this is a daily show. Monday through Friday, we'll be back on Wednesday. We will talk more big board. We'll talk any Wolves notes that come up. And then also at some point here, uh, probably on Wednesday, continue the series going through each team in the league, their cap sheet, pending free agents, potential trade targets for the Timberwolves, and what's upcoming in terms of uh, player and team options for for all the other teams in the league as well. So uh, be sure to tune in on Wednesday. And you can subscribe to the show on Apple on iTunes, on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. Of course, follow us on Twitter as well at Locked on T-Wolves. That's at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Wolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked on Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.